Welcome to Empire Building, the podcast where we talk about building big businesses and even bigger lives. I'm your co-host, Tiffany Fikes. I'm Wendy Papazan. And I'm Sarah Reynolds. Just the other week, I was talking with my leadership team and I asked them, what is the biggest challenge you all are facing right now? Uh, The answer was actually the same from each of them. And this was a group of 12. So 12 amazing leaders said that the number one thing that they're struggling with is leading and coaching their people at the same time. So they're what we call in our organization a coach and a player. So a producer, so they're out there in the field producing, they're part of our sales team, and they're also um, coaching and leading our people. And so I'm sure a lot of our our listeners um, have experienced this or, or maybe are experienced this. I know I have a lot of memories of struggling with it personally as I was building Um, the business and at the same time um, out there helping buyers and sellers, which was what we do here at Empower Home, but then also holding my ISAs accountable, also leading team meetings, also coaching my agents. It's a lot all at one time. Um, Wendy and Tiff, what about you in terms of your struggle with being a player and a coach? Tell us about those times. Yeah, I mean, it's you think, oh, you're going to hire people and they're going to help you and that's going to give you more time. And it kind of like shocked me, like surprised me. Like, oh no, now I have two focuses. Like I no longer get to just focus on one thing. I am split. At every moment, I'm going to be split on what I want to do or what I need to do for my clients and how I need to help and lead my team. So I didn't go into it with a very good plan, which is why I love this episode so that it doesn't surprise you, listener, when you get into that part of your leadership journey, that like there's going to become this moment where you have to relearn everything about how you do business because you've got an additional responsibility. And that happens in any organization. As you go up in the organization into management, you get more on your plate and you got to learn or relearn how to do it all. Yeah, it's so tough because when we start out as entrepreneurs, we have all the things, right? We get to do all the things, we wear all the hats. And uh, I think that's that mindset, this mindset is what stops some people from growing, actually. Yay. It's it's one of the things where they're like, I just wanna continue you know, being focused on my one thing. You know, in our industry, in the real estate industry, uh, that would be working with buyers and sellers. And yet when you grow, you work with buyers and sellers, then you coach other team members and you have the responsibilities of the owner, which so it's really like a, it's like a triple role that you're, that you're um, doing every single day, so. Well, and I did it also at the same time as having babies. So like I was actually, I went from one role to three roles because I never knew that like breastfeeding a baby is literally eight hours a day. Like that is a full-time job and I'm working and I'm leading and learning how to do all those things. And so for me, I know in my journey, I just was like, well, it's more time. I just have to spend more time and more time. And then you get to the end of the ability to have more time and you're like, ooh, no, I've got to find a better way now. I can't just do it the easy way, which is just work more, work more, do more. I've got to be more efficient and effective with my time. Well, and I think some of us are feeling this right now. So as some of us have uh, maybe laid people off or people have left because it's a just, it's tight right now in the real estate world. It's really tight. Numbers are down. 
closings are down, finances are down. So a lot of us have had to kind of step back into some of these roles and take on additional responsibilities. So if that's the case, you're not alone. And uh, we've got some really, you know, easy ways for you to be a productive owner, coach, and player. The first one is really to create goals and define activities for each aspect of your role. It sounds kind of simple, and yet we don't always think that way. We might think of ourselves, oh, I lead the organization. I'm the owner of my business. I have ownership responsibilities. And yet almost all of us have a job inside our business. And a lot of us have two jobs inside our business. So you've got to think about what are what's my role as an owner and leader and what are the activities that I'm doing every day and what's my uh what's my role and my goal uh, as far as a coach, like coaching other team members. And then if I'm a player, you know, if I'm actually doing the actual activities, what are my roles and responsibilities there? So it would be something like, um, you know, if you're in real estate, what are your sales goals personally, right? And what are your activities that are tied to that, right? Get really specific. And then if you're also an owner, what are your sales goals for the team? and for the company, and what are your activities that are tied to that? Um, And then you're also holding all of your team members accountable to their roles, their activities, and their goals. So just getting clarity around that is really important. So so just to go back, because I think Wendy just uh, did a Seychelles. And so we went right into it. And so I want to make sure to set the stage. The rule that she just said, which was so super important, we're going to go over five rules today on how to navigate it. So basically what you're doing is you're creating a bridge for as you're leading, growing the team, you're creating a bridge to maybe your one day goal is to lead, grow the team and that that be your focus. Um, And so we're going to go over the five rules today on today's episode. And she already went into rule number one, which was so, so important which is the creating the goal. So I just wanted to interject, you know, say, get so excited. And we are excited about this episode, clearly. <laughs> so I wanted to mention that. Let's go to rule number two, Tiff. Okay. So rule number two, the only way you're going to do this, there's three things, time block, time block, and time block. Like that's the only way you're going to make this work. And for those of you that aren't familiar with that term, time block is kind of like budgeting for your time. It's where you tell your time or decide ahead of time what you're going to do in with your time, and then you execute on it. So that's what time blocking is. We're going to establish how we're going to spend our time before it happens. We're not just going to jump into our day and handle whatever fires, because we all know there's always a quote unquote fire to be handled. We are going to say, all right, this is what I'm going to do with my time. And to Wendy's point, you now have these like, you got three things you're focused on, your activities, the business activities, and everybody else's activities, their individual goals. And so you need to make sure that you're finding time to focus on all three of those priorities. So one of the things that um, we kind of found productive in my business, and I know that I think Sarah does kind of the same thing, where it's, you give themes to your days. And so what that looks like is like, I know on Mondays, I am going to be doing client service. And for our team, that's when our team meeting happens. So I am prepping for the team meeting, handling all the stuff that happened over the weekend, and then executing a really great fun team meeting to make sure that everybody knows their priorities for the week and that they're heading off in the right direction with a lot of motivation. So then on Tuesdays, 
that's when I have all my one-on-ones. You know what? I just, I'm just curious. Can we, can yeah. we just take, can we pause right there? Cause I'd love to just hear, I'd love our listeners to hear how, how different our Mondays can look. Oh yeah. We were, you know, just talking before, uh, the episode. I just think it's, you know, we can, we give you guys a model, but at the end of the day, you have to do what, what works for you. And a lot of that depends on your age and stage. And Sarah was just talking about how, you know, she she was building her business and she had kids. And so her day didn't start till 9.30 and I'm much more of a morning person and I started a lot earlier. So these are rules, but at the same time, I want you guys to understand you need to figure out what works for you and your business. So Sarah, I'd love to hear what your Mondays look like. Yeah, so um, especially in this stage, it's the, the key here is you want to time block. And like Wendy said, you want to time block what works for you. So for me, Mondays were all about working on the business and then wrapping up any personal production from the weekend. So if I was negotiating contracts, for example, Sunday night, and then we're coming to an agreement Monday morning, you know, sending the paperwork off to the client, um, calling them and congratulating them that they got it. And then I would dive right into, um, that was after my mornings with my, my baby. So I always had I've had babies now for 10 years at home. I was just telling them that Lincoln's about to go to preschool. So for a decade, for a decade, I have had my mornings with my with my under five five-year-olds. <laughs> and so I've had three. And so it's been a decade of this. So I'm entering into a new stage. Um, but on Mondays, for me, the focus was uh, kid time, baby time in the morning, working on wrapping up any negotiations from over the weekend. And then it was working on the business. And for me, that was planning for the week. I had all of my one-on-ones with all of any staff I had. So when I first started, I just had one assistant. Okay. So we were having our one-on-one that day and then always reviewing the numbers from the week before. And so, uh, Tiff has her, um, team meeting on Mondays. And so that was, what she did on Mondays, and it's really prepping the stage for the week. What did you do? What did you do on your Mondays, Wendy? Mine are mine are one on ones. The same thing. I just like I like at the end of Monday, kind of knowing where everybody's at, what their priorities are for the week, and kind of where our organization is going. So that just that's just a personal preference. It just feels good. So. I love that. And, I think and for Tuesdays. You, that's Tuesdays for you, yeah, right? That's yeah, that's Tuesdays for me yeah. because yeah. I want to make sure yeah. the team is like heading in the right direction on Monday. And then I'll work, I'll work on each individual goals on Tuesday. Well, and before we get there, Sarah, I'm curious, maybe you don't even know the answer to this question, but when Lincoln goes to preschool, uh, what is your, what are your mornings going to look like? So George and I have been talking about that almost every day this week um, because I'm going to be doing his drop-off. So George takes the girls, and it's 30 minutes before Lincoln's drop-off. So I'm going to be doing his drop-off. So the team's going to be like, wait, you're not normally here at 8 in the morning. And then they're going to come like, hello. <laughs> so Aww. it's more, I'm I'm excited about it, but I know probably the team probably enjoys that a lot of them get in early before me intentionally. Right. And so we'll have the to pre-Sarah see. Yeah, the pre-Sarah time? Yeah, the pre-Sarah. So we'll have to well, see that everyone up. <laughs> Yeah, you'll they'll they'll adjust. You'll adjust, or maybe you'll get an hour of your own Sarah time in the morning yeah. before you hit the office. Well, and I do that hour is so important to me in the mornings because it's such quality time. And so now I have to adjust my thinking to I need to now have afternoon and evening quality time. So I do need to start my day, my work day earlier to be able to to make sure that I do that. And 
to be honest, all of our listeners can hold me accountable to this because that's going to be extremely hard for me to, to shut it off to make sure that I yes. have that quality time. Um, and yes, so Tiffany and Wendy, you've been such an inspiration to me on this. And so I need all the accountability I can get to make sure I don't give up that hour that I right now have of quality time. I love that. We will totally hold you accountable to that. And we'll talk about some tips later that like what I did yes. when I wanted a afternoon time, 100% focus I've got on my, my kids. I pen. I learned from you guys every episode, <laughs> yeah. seriously. Well, and and, and what I want to emphasize with, with this section about time blocking is it's really about knowing what your priorities are. I mean, we can all talk about all the priorities for every single day and, and all of that. But what most of you are doing is you are opening up your computer and you're digging into, into your email. And yes. what email is, is other people's priorities. For your life. say that again. Email is other people's priorities. And so you are literally starting every single day with other people's priorities. And that's why you feel like you get to the end of the day and you don't get anything done because you're, you're bumping around, you're being responsive, and you're not saying, you know what, this is the most important thing for me to get done. And, um, and that's why you're never moving your life forward. And I, and I think that's why most... I, we have seen a lot of people fail during this stage of their business or just go back to a solo entrepreneur, right? Is because you are, you're living with everyone else's priorities, which is why rule number one was so important. You've got to first create the goals and the priorities. That comes first. Then you time block them. And so if you can get that rule number one right and not live your life on everyone else's priorities for your life, I'm telling you it will make a world of a difference and you'll be able to bridge this much faster. And speaking from lots of failures, I started out just like that. And I was working oh, 7 yeah. a.m. to 10 p.m., literally running around, on doing everything else everyone else wanted me to do and not what was best for the business. Well, and, and that's actually what made you successful was being highly responsive, being uh, great at customer service, being a wonderful, you know, agent who's always going to be there for, for someone. That's actually probably what fueled a lot of everybody's growth. And so, so to uh, make that change is really difficult. It's a total, a total change in thinking and priorities. And we could talk this entire episode on how to time block and let us know if you want us to do a full episode on time blocking, because we could talk about this for days and days and days. I know. Well, and we have, we have, I think we have at least uh, probably five episodes, uh, which we'll put in the show notes on time blocking yes. that we've done in the past. Great. And um, you, we can never, we can never do enough of them. We can literally well, never and do enough of them. None of us have it down. Perfectly. No matter how good we are at time blocking, we all fail at it. So like, that's one of those, um, you know, get back up. You're going to fail. You're going to screw it up. You're going to let email creep into the things that you didn't want to do, <laughs> doing the things you didn't want to do. And just sit, look back. How could I improve? All right. And then let's keep moving forward. But I found it was really helpful when you started gathering or carrying all these. It's like theme your days. It helps your team know when they can expect to hear from you or what days they'll, you'll be slower to respond. So like for me, Wednesdays was my project and writing days or I was out on appointments, which meant for my team, I was harder to reach on Wednesdays and they just mm -hmm. knew that and they knew to be more patient. They didn't blow me up three different ways because they knew Wednesdays was Tiffany's working on the business or in her personal business. And 
that I was just going to be a little bit slower to respond. Thursdays, I was setting up client service, making sure everything was set up for the weekend. Like that's when I would be scheduling showings or following up with agents on my listings and communicating with my clients. Like my clients always knew they would hear from me on Thursday. And then it would help minimize some of those calls coming in on Friday because my Friday was prepping for the next week, making sure that everything was um, was ready, writing, uh, like working on writing for like, um, you know, what I was teaching at team meeting or what I was teaching somewhere else. And then I took Friday afternoons off. And so I wanted to make sure that every, I got ahead of everything so that it would be easier for me to take Fridays off knowing I was going to be working on Saturday because I was working with clients. So that's like, like Wendy said, that's just kind of a framework of what it could look like. And I, I think what what Tiffany is describing here is what we're big believers in counterbalance here, meaning you want to really do it. If, if any of us can do something for a short period of time, I've been in this with running. OK, so I, I've started running. Um, I'm uh, training. I love it for- when you say that. <laughs> I'm a runner. <laughs> okay. I, I started running and I'm training for an army 10 miler. Um, I'm up to four and a half miles, which is the furthest I've ever I ran. I didn't know this. That's amazing, Sarah. What? I thought you were doing a 5k. You're doing an army 10 miler? Yes. Army 10 miler for Fisher House Foundation. What is that? So it, it, I'm, I'm raising money too. So I'm going to do the run and I'm raising money for Fisher House Foundation. So it's in October. So I'm up to 4.5 miles. I already ran the, ran the 5K. Um, but running is teaching me a lot, okay? Because it's semi-boring, <laughs> okay? And, and <laughs> all I tell myself is like, make it to the next tree. Make it to the next mm-hmm. tree. Make mm-hmm. it to the next yeah. tree. Like I can do anything yeah. just to make it to the next tree, right? And yeah. I think with time blocking and what you're doing is like, any of us can be disciplined for two to three days, okay? And what Tiffany's describing is like, she did a really good job Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday of making sure that her time was time blocked to where she had that time off on Friday. And so what are the days that you can commit to being super disciplined with your time, super time blocked? And if you can do that, the counterbalance of if you still need that sort of reactive um, moments, like with working with clients and stuff like that, then it- it, Which you do. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you you can't- Yes. Like you can't avoid that. Yeah. Yeah. So it will pay off if you can do- And all of our listeners can be disciplined for three days a week. Okay. Yeah. And so if you can do that, then you're earning those opportunities to not be that way and or focus on clients or taking time off, as Tiffany said. Well, I don't even think it's being disciplined all day. I think it's just figuring True. out what your priorities are. Um, and sometimes the way we hold ourselves accountable is we have a meeting with someone around something. And so all you have to do is kind of like show up to the meeting. Um, but I think for most of us, if we're time blocked all day, I know you actually are, Sarah, but for most of us, it would drive us pretty crazy. But it's also knowing your kind of like your energy level. So for me, I I always get the most work done on Monday. I mean, that's just me. So after a weekend off, I get the most done and I get the most done work in the morning. So most of my work, most of the productive work that I do is before one, if I'm honest. I would say 80% of all the work I get done every day is before one. And then my attention starts to wane and, you know, I still get stuff done in the afternoon, but I'm just not nearly as focused. So just knowing that about yourself is really important. 
I, I love this because you're hearing, our listeners are hearing all the different ways and the different things. And, and the key here is you're using the principle of making sure you know your priorities, setting those goals, the principle of time blocking, whatever works for you and your family <clears throat> is what we want you to do, okay? And following these rules and, you, and we can do that. Well, then I'll just get a little next level, which is every year at the end of the year, I go and I look at my calendar and I record how I spent all my time. And I look at every meeting, everything that I had time blocked, all the things that I did. And I ask myself the question, uh, which is, hey, what are the things that I can pay somebody else to do or I'm just really not that good at and somebody else could do better than me? And you can slowly chip away at those like sort of different activities. And, um, and that frees you up to do other things that if you want to do other things. Right, that gives you that time. So, I love that. Next level, I forgot. I the next forgot level thing. That's awesome. Yeah, because um, it's one, crazy. It is. <laughs> no, it's, I, I'm going to do that this year. I need to do that this year. Um, one of the quotes I love is by Paul J. Meyer, and he said, "Productivity is never an accident. It is always the result of a commitment to excellence, intelligent planning, and focused effort." So, be focused. Make sure that you're planning your time. This is key to being a player and a coach leader at the same time. So let's go into rule number three. Rule number three is you wanna set expectations with clients and team members. And Tiffany already started going into that. And I loved that she explained to her team, okay, Wednesdays, this is what I'm doing. I'm writing, I'm out with clients. So they knew what the expectations were of their leader. Okay. And so I have failed in this miserably, okay, in the past. And I had to learn because again, I was reacting to everyone's needs, being pulled in so many different directions, clients, team members, right? And and then I started saying, okay, I need to not be a victim here, meaning being pulled in their directions is more of a victim. Okay. I need to be accountable, which means I get to own the expectations I set. Okay. So expectations that I learned to set with clients first was that making sure that they know that we're going to have a weekly touch base point. So Tiffany also already talked about this, which is huge. This was a game changer for me, okay? So when I got in the business, the average days on market was about 70 days. So I, it was very important for me to know how to communicate to a client for 100 plus days, okay? And so we set up a weekly date where every week we had a certain time that was set until they went to closing that they were going to that we were going to communicate together okay both couple both parties if there were two owners three owners they were on that time as well and so we just called it our weekly date time um and so that that was huge um in terms of that what about you Wendy well and something something well something's just dawning me dawning on me as you're speaking which i think is kind of an aha for me which is, you know, as we grow our businesses. So sometimes the things that work when our businesses are small, they're not the things that work when they when when they get bigger. And yes. so if you have just a few clients, you actually don't probably need to do that. You don't need to set a weekly date because you're going to be very responsive and talking to them. And it's going to be very important that you spend a lot of time with this client. And when your business grows, sometimes we forget to do a reset. Mm. And the gift that I got, you know, from my husband, Jay, is that he said, I want you to think about when you build your business, even though you're on a dirt path, I want you to think about it like a eight lane highway. And so as you're building your systems, 
you're not going to have to tear them down and build them up again if you've got this like bigger thinking in mind around some of your systems. I love that. I love that. So good. What are some other expectations in terms of that we should set with clients? I mean, we've always had a expectation about when we answer our phone and when we don't answer our phone. And that's actually a team standard for us because, you know, one young person on the team may be totally cool taking calls at 10 p.m. But the way our team works, we're very integrated. And so the client would expect then everyone to be answering their phone at 10 o'clock. So for us, we have a team standard that any calls after 7 p.m. are return the next business day. And we tell the client that at the buyer rep, at the seller like listing appointment, it's very clear. We're very clear on when uh, voicemails are returned. And everybody's voicemail also reminds them of that. We haven't figured out how to do an auto text responder about that, but mm. you know, we're very clear up front. This is, this is when you can expect to hear from us. Because we found so most frustrations is just unmet expectations. And so yes, as long absolutely. as we voice absolutely. them. Absolutely. Yes, yep. that's a nugget right there. Yep. It most gets rid of frustrations are unmet expectations. Tiffany so Fikes. Good. There you go. Genius. So good. Somebody, uh, somebody tweet that. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> <Tag her. laughs> is it even called tweeting, though? Are we Xing it now? We're not tweeting it anymore? I'm not, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not on Twitter. So. What well, was the uh, what was the what was the Google Twitter that or the Facebook Twitter that everybody was on for like a minute and then I, I think it was called on. Threads or something. Threads, I don't know. I yeah. didn't get have on. You, have you guys been on Threads lately? I got a notification about it today, so I think it's still around. But I but I okay. will say the new um, Wendy shared the news with us this week that um, Apple you can now sort your text by unreads. So it's like breaking news. Okay, so. I, Apple, if you're listening, Tiffany would like an autoresponder to go out after 7 p.m. on text That's messages. right. To Man, clients Apple. only. Make that not, happen. Not to our co-hosts, to clients only. <laughs> not to our co-hosts. Yes. So yes. The, other big, the other big expectation to set is amplifying your team. Whether you have yes. an assistant, a transaction coordinator, a listing coordinator, or maybe you're not in real estate, whoever your support team is, success team, ops team, you want to amplify them to the client. Okay? So I, from the minute I meet a client, I'm amplifying the team because I want them to know that person is better at that part of the transaction than I am. So then that way they know when they call and that person's calling them back versus me, that they are in good hands. And so I learned to set that expectation in the beginning, which was key as well. Yeah, I love that. We We call it selling to the next step. Like Mm. we are always selling to the next step, whatever the Mm. step of the process, the person, we're always at the beginning starting the selling process of that person's going to be great. You're going to love that. You're going to love working with them. I don't even know. It's going to be Anne who's going to call you back on that, you know, like just selling whoever's going to be that next responder. Well, and I think the reason that a lot of people feel uncomfortable with that is, um, they like to be the one to solve all the problems for everyone all the time. Mm. And uh, and so sometimes I think we set it up where it's like, well, if I'm not available, then the secondary person can, yes. can answer your question. And I think what Sarah and Tiffany are saying, which is so smart, is, is like, hey, you know what? There's actually someone who's going to be there available on your schedule. You know I have a wackadoodle schedule. I'm not always going to be answering my phone. But they're going to be there for you. They're going to give you great a great customer experience, which is they're going to answer the phone. And um, they're actually better at it than me. 
right? So because I understand the limitations of myself, I know I'm not perfect. I've actually hired some help so that you have a better experience. And, and things like what you call them are important. I learned to be important. I used to call them an assistant. And then I realized mm-hmm. for buyers and sellers, their largest transaction in their life is typically purchasing or selling a home. Okay, mm-hmm. they didn't want to talk to an assistant. They wanted to talk to a specialist or my partner. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I changed my wording and that really helped me as well to make sure that they were handling um, a lot of the communication. So then that way I could focus on what I do best, which was lead generate, leading the team, or out there meeting with new clients. So it's really key to set those expectations with clients. Now it's equally key to setting expectations with our team. Yes, yes. And so Tiffany went well, into that, so important. Can I can I share a funny story? Of course. So, um, so you guys know we merged with the Gentry Group. So Gary Gentry was Keller Williams' first agent. Uh, he's been in the business, remarkable, had a remarkable career, you know, a million dollar, GCI business for decades Uh, and even more than that at some points. Um, And so, but he's a, he is an agent who works all the time and expected other people on our team to communicate with him at all hours. Mm. So it was really interesting because when he joined, he would be texting me or texting like other people on my team. And we just don't do that. We just don't. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe we'll occasionally do that after hours. But so we had to really like set, reset his expectations about because he was dealing with his team in a different way. And I was just like, you know what, Gary, we just don't we don't talk about that at like 1030 at night. Like I'm a, I'm a pumpkin at that point. So we're not <laughs> going to do that. And so that was really it was really powerful for him because I actually gave him permission to do that as well. So, so good. I had the opportunity to talk with him at how much money did we raise? Well, you raise in with all of our help for ch- children with cancer. It was an amazing event. Uh, I think it was like 140,000 or something um, like that. Amazing. That I, it was, yeah, it was such a yeah. fun event, but I had an opportunity to ha- have a one-on-one conversation with him and he is mm-hmm. so happy being your partner. Um, so, so happy. happy. Um, and I know that you are looking for other partners. So if you guys want an amazing leader and partner, you got to call Wendy um, because he is, he's literally, he was just so happy with the partnership and the difference that it's made in his life. So like Wendy had to teach him. Can you imagine the improvement in his life from her setting that expectation? Him learning that himself, like years and years of doing it that way, of living so reactive. I'm sure his family's happier. I'm sure he's happier. Um, it, he just shined when he was talking about it. So yeah. amazing yeah. job. Um, it so was what, so nice. What, we had our, just a little, like a little huggy moment. We had our quarterly check-in and um, we were just so happy. I was, we were just gave each other like the biggest hug when we oh. were, when we were done. I was like, we're just, it was just, it's just a great, it's so good. I yeah, love it. So I love good. it. Yeah. So, so some expectations to set obviously is communication times. So, as Wendy talked about, as Tiffany talked about, that's super important. Um, one of the things that I used to set is I used to teach them what I do. So, what I do is like throughout the week when I see things with team members. So, when I see uh, someone went off script or when I see um, someone didn't communicate well, I write it down. I have one page for each team member. 
in my book. And I write it down. And then during their one-on-one, I address it. I found that they prefer that because it's face-to-face, it's one-on-one. And then I teach them to do it. So when they have issues with something, when they want to talk about it, if it's not an emergency, and then we define what an emergency is, okay, they write it down and then we talk about it during their one-on-one. So setting the expectation of when things are going to be addressed is key. Um, And then also creating a system around team communication. This was a game changer for us. When we went to Slack, it helped me so much because not only could other team members answer, so everyone was in Slack, we had different channels and we we still use Slack, different team members can answer the question. It doesn't have to always be me because I don't know about our listeners and you guys, but honestly, I felt like I was answering the same questions over and over and over and over. Well, I can remember before we had Slack, we had like an agent Q&A. You know what I mean? And Slack is just so much better because it's immediate and people don't have to dig around for it and other people get to jump in and, and feel really helpful. And the other thing I would just add to that is the advice that I got from Ben Kinney, uh, way back in the day, as I said, if you had to do anything different um, as you were starting your team, what would you do differently? Mm. And he said, you know what? I would actually point my agents to the resources in the market center instead of having them come to me to answer all the questions. And so I have always done that. My team members wow. are so well-trained. They don't ever come to me with any kind of real estate question. They literally do not. We and do that the too. new agents are like, well, don't ask Wendy. She she doesn't know. She's don't ask her. You know, like they just and it's this culture now where they just find the answer out from other people on the team or like people in the market center or they'll go to the Facebook page, which is what a solo agent would do. Yes. And and of course, some if someone asks me a, a, a really important serious question, I'm going to weigh in and help them solve the problem. But uh, most of the questions can be easily answered by somebody else. Yep. Tiffany, do you guys use Slack? Oh, love Slack. Yes, same same thing. We had we had instituted a like, all right, this is what you email, this is what you chat. And man, Slack just got rid of, I mean, almost most of the email, inter-office. Yes. There's no inter-office email that doesn't have a client involved in it. And to your point, like it allows you to look at what's important. It allows other people to look at everything and answer things for each other. And so like when you've got your channel set up, right, I know that I don't need to look in these five channels until I've got extra time. And I only focus on recruiting or I focus on like whatever the channels are that I need to be in for the moment. So I, yes, love Slack. Slack. So smart. And it's free. Yeah. It can be. Free and it also helps with teaching your team some form of family work balance because what I like Mm -hmm. is that I go to Slack when I'm working. And yes. whereas texting, I mean, you're in, they're texting their friends and then they're texting you sure. and then they're not their work and friends. And it's like, you want to separate those for your team members and you want to show them how you're operating in terms of separate, separating them. So we big believer in Slack communication. They learn from everybody. When you answer a question, they see your answer. So they're learning, even though they didn't ask that question. And so um, just setting the expectation for how communication will happen is key to keeping sane during this time of your career, for sure. Yes. Love that. Well, number four is kind of a no-brainer. It's avoid energy-sucking vampires. Uh, Sarah wrote this episode, and I actually had to Google <laughs> what energy-sucking vampires were. I, I kind of 
new movie. Oh, really? Oh, I know that term. Energy sucking. So energy sucking vampires are friends, family members, or coworkers who literally zap your emotional energy. And you want to avoid these people. You want to spend the majority of the t- of your time as a leader with your top performers. Sadly, a lot of us get sucked into t- to hanging out with the bottom 20%. Because the squeaky wheel can get a lot of grease sometimes. They're complainers, they're whiners, I want this, this isn't going right. And sometimes your top performers are, they're the no drama, they're they're not coming to you, and you just need to make sure that you're spending the right time with the right people. Um, Some ways you can do this. Limit the amount of time you spend with them by not answering their messages right away. Okay, a lot of us get a message, we want to respond to it. Okay, something, respond or pick up the phone. Just don't, just let it sit. You don't have to answer it. There's no reason to. Um, You can set boundaries. Hey, you know what? I'm not gonna be responding to any text messages between eight and 12, right? Yeah. Um, You can be too tired for them. I love this one where you're like, you know what? I'm too tired to answer that. Can we talk about it tomorrow? It's like you just literally shut someone down. And then one of the things I, I saw online when I was Googling this this morning, because I'd never heard about it, was you. it said you can be what's called a gray rock. You can act like a gray rock. Have you heard I've this? never heard of that. No. Okay. no. Well, I love this idea, which is to just act like a like a basically a boring, plain gray rock <laughs> and not give them energy back. So you're just like, okay, yeah, okay. Mm, yeah, mm, okay, yeah. And it oh. just, if you're, if they're an energy sucking vampire, they're probably just going to kind of walk away as opposed to like all of us that are like a lot of energy and like people like to come to us and like kind of yeah. get our energy and things like that. Or the last one was just to say no in a really nice way. Like, no, you know what? I'm afraid I don't have time for this right now, but I'm happy to talk about this at our 411, you know, or yes. at our one-on-one meeting next, next Monday. Yep. Yep. Love the- that. It's no, key. You, it's key. You will always, you always lead um, critical people at times, and you actually need the critical team members, mm-hmm. like that yeah. see things that you're not seeing, and that. And oh, at yeah. times, it can they can suck your energy though. If it's like they're messaging you every five minutes with like things they see that need improvement, and you mm-hmm. want to hear from them, um, mm-hmm. but you also have to manage your energy. I, I loved. Um, I think it was Molly Fletcher who was the first female sport agent, she has like an energy assessment that you do. And I just love this concept of talking more about how we manage our energy um, and that people can take your energy away. And you need to be very careful mm-hmm. during this time for you to lead and for you to pour into your people to to really pay attention to your energy and how it's being impacted. And so when I have those moments, I follow exactly what Wendy just went over of just like, we're going to talk about this tomorrow, or let's talk about this during your one-on-one. Let's take this conversation in person or on Zoom. Um, and so it's so key um, to be able to navigate so much that you're handling. Yeah. Right. Well, and and sometimes complaining isn't a bad thing. Like no. sometimes complaining is just is just saying very plainly what's wrong. You yeah, know, and yeah. sometimes we do need to hear that. And sometimes complaining is just a matter of tone, honestly. Um but, you know, if there's someone who's a complainer and is not a part of the solution, right, or doesn't come to you with solutions, yes. then that can be extremely draining, right? Yeah. That can be really draining. Yeah. Well, our team just finished going through The Power of Full Engagement, which is a book that I would strongly recommend. Have you ladies read it? No. Oh, this is one of my, like— touchstone books that I keep coming back to. And it's all about energy. It's all about like 
all the different kinds of energy and how you can help set your schedule in a way that maintains it. It's your physical, your spiritual, your mental, your emotional. Like it is powerful. I will say when I read it the first time, I was not ready for it. Like I was not, energy felt woo-woo to me. And so it wasn't, it didn't feel real to me. And then somebody recommended it again. I went back to it and it has become a very important book in my life that I, I read mm. every couple of years. So highly Whoa, recommend that okay. if you want to learn yeah, more about you been, energy. I, I thought everybody had read this book. this one? Oh I didn't know. Jesus says it's like your Bible. Wow. <laughs> it, it, I read my Bible more than powerful engagement, <laughs> but good. it is, it is a close, it is second on most read books probably. Um, okay. Well, let, let's, Round it off with rule number five. So the rule number five is make health and family a priority. In all of this that you are doing, in all of this that you are balancing, your health and your family are, you know, Gary Keller always says the glass balls. Like the other things will bounce and the glass balls need to be protected. And so no matter how busy you get, you can find that time. I love what Sarah said. Like, I don't want to give up that hour. And we know all of our tendencies would be, oh, we just got that hour back. We can fill it with work and making sure that we're prioritizing that. And it's the speed of the leader is the speed of the pack. If you're not making your health a priority or if you're not making your family a priority, no matter what you say to your team, they will not they will not have permission to do that because they will be watching what you're doing and how you're acting. And because you're the leader, they they will automatically think your expectation is that they do the same thing. So even if you are younger and don't have a big family, you should still prioritize time with your friends. Like, because you might have a family in the future and you don't want to be leading an organization that doesn't prioritize anything but work. Or that could be how you could find a family if you wanted a family. <laughs> that's true. Maybe that's your key to finding a family. <laughs> <laughs> and I know we have some more episodes about that as well. So we'll put those in the show notes about, um, you know, making sure that you're making time for that. And, and um, you know, I did this wrong for a decade. Um, and uh, Wendy interviewed me about that on my health journey. And my family journey is very similar to that. But I would highly recommend if you're struggling with that, I would love for you to listen to that episode. We'll put the number in the show notes. Um, but it is just 137. <laughs> episode 137 about just making sure your health <laughs> is the priority. So then you can lead and serve your people. And so it's got to be number one. Got to be number one. You got to take care of yourself. I love that. I'm the only one that has access to that episode list that looks at it frequently. So I, I sound really smart. Um, well, guys, uh, this was an amazing episode. And before we wrap, I just want to remind you of our sister company, Her Best Life, which, by the way, I don't know if we told you guys, but we were up. We were up. We're going to find out next Thursday. So actually we will have found out by the time this episode airs, but we were up for an Inman Innovators Award Ooh, for Her which Best was Life. So which fun and so shocking. Cool. Yes. So fun and shocking. So cool. Yeah. Um, and um, our event is at the end of September. We hope you guys are coming. We have some wonderful, wonderful discounts for you, especially those of you that are new to HBL. Some of them include deeply discounted ticket prices and even a free room. Um, we have lots of space. We'd love for you that are those of you that are already coming to think about grabbing a friend. Who in your world would really benefit from a 
attending Her Best Life in Nashville in September. Uh, we would really love to see that room filled. I know times are tight for some of you, revenue's down. And yet at the same time, I want you guys to think about this as an investment into yourself, into your personal life, um, into your connection with your community. You know that you will leave with your cup full. And you're also going to leave with incredible business tactics, strategies for leadership. We're going to be talking about investing like we always do. So please, 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 if you haven't bought your ticket, uh, go ahead and buy your ticket to Her Best Life in Nashville. And remember to bring a friend so that you can go out and live a big, big, big life and have a, a big business at the same time. I love that all, all seven of us founders that will be there at the event have navigated what we just taught, have actually done it successfully. Yep. And I don't know about you guys, but I love learning from those that actually did it and didn't just read a book about it, but actually did it. Um, and so you can learn from us who have done this. So if you're struggling with player coach um, role, if you're struggling with what we just talked about, you want to be in Nashville because we will help pour into you to help get you to the next phase of your empire building. Well, guys, I think this is going to be one of my top favorite episodes. I got so this much. This was so good. Day. Oh, yeah. So, so good. good. Yeah. Um, when you I, sent that over to me, I was like, damn, <laughs> pure genius. It is um, <laughs> such, a, such a real. All this running is clearing your mind. Yes, it is. It actually is. <laughs> it does help my mind. Um, but seriously, I learn from you guys every single time. Um, and so get out there, guys, all of our listeners. Keep building that big business, that big empire. You are changing the world with what you're doing right now. But don't forget to also keep building that big life. Bye, guys. Thanks for joining us. Bye, guys. Have a great week.